0: Good morning. Good morning. Well, it's good to see all of you here. Um, I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we were singing the first song this morning, I don't know how much attention you pay to what the words that you sing. You know, there has been said that people uh, never lie more than when they sing. And, you know, the last words uh, there, in the first song we sung this morning says, Our maker... Our Defender, Our Redeemer, Our Friend. And you think about that. Our Maker, Our Redeemer, Our Defender, Our Friend. He is all of those things. Um, one thing I just want to mention. Uh, last Sunday in the Bulletin, uh, we had communion uh, February, February 29th. Or the 26th, sorry. And so today it's 19, and the reason why I changed that, I didn't know at that time, but uh, we are going to Campeche, so we will be gone, uh, we'll be leaving the 21st and come back on the 28th, so we won't be here on the 26th, so that's why we changed it uh, to the 19th. You were asked to go uh, to Campeche with the team that uh, Lightest Gospel Church from Port Provo is sending to Campeche to distribute the Bibles there and so have some evening services there and so we decided that uh, we would go so that's the reason why the date has changed there and so whenever you think about that mission we ask you to pray Uh, for the team that is going there's 10 people going uh, from from here and then they got some uh, people from over there uh, from the church that they have started there, as you know, that they have started the church there in Campeche. Um, the last time I talked to Pastor Henry, uh, they had 80 people in the church, so it's growing. God is adding to the church, and uh, so many things are happening there. And actually, there was another church uh, from farther, uh, another <coughs> couple that was uh, from another colony farther away. They. Uh, Asked them if they could come and preach there And so they were there hoping that they they will come there and start a church there too And they said if you don't come here Then we will pack up and sell everything here and then we will move over there So there's a lot of people that are hungry for the word of God And so it's important that we need to pray uh, That we pray for them and that God will uh, draw people And you know, I think the harvest time is almost over And we need to labor while we can. And, you know, just thinking of the song that we were singing too, when the roll is called up yonder, will you be there? And, you know, the time will come when the roll will be, when the time will come where we can labor no more. And so as we were singing, let us labor now while we can, from the dawn till the setting of sun. And when all our work is over, then we will meet our Maker. Okay, um, the title for the message this morning is Salvation is of the Jews. I want to preach from Romans uh, chapter 11 this morning, if you want to go there. Uh, Romans chapter 11. Um, I might not be able to go through the whole chapter. If it takes too long, then we'll do it maybe in two parts, but uh, I was hoping to cover it all. Um, You probably have heard that uh, saying that all things uh, work out for good, right? And the Bible does say that all things work out for good, but it says for those that love the Lord. But everything, there's a purpose in everything. And you know, even the rejection of the Jews, they rejected the gospel, there was a purpose in it. And it was for our good that they rejected the gospel. And that's what we want to see um, here this morning. We all know that uh, the Jews, uh, God's special people, chosen special people, they rejected Jesus Christ, the Messiah, their Messiah. In John 1, 11, uh, he says there, he came to his own, speaking of Jesus, he came to his own, his own people. Jesus was a descendant from the Jews. Jesus was a Jew. His own people did not receive him. They rejected him. And so we see that in Romans 9 and 10. How the grace was extended to the Jews, you know, the promise was given to them, and it was their responsibility. They were supposed to take the gospel and bring the gospel to the Gentiles, but they would not do it. They plainly rejected it. And so at the end of chapter 10, in verse 21, it says there, But Israel, he says, all day long have I held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. You know, God extending the grace to the Jews. And as it uh, says, all day I have waited for you with open arms, but you didn't accept me, you rejected me. And you know, we know when Jesus uh, came riding down into Jerusalem on the from the Mount of Olives there on a the donkey, you know, just before he got into the city there, he stopped there and he wept. He wept over Israel, over his own people, and he said, If only you would have known the day of your visitation, the day that your Messiah came to you, and how that I had wanted, like a hen, would gather his chicks under her, her wings and protect them, but you would not. And he wept there. And so we know that the Jews, they rejected the gospel, the grace, And so they said, salvation is of the Jews. It comes from the Jews. And you know, what a, what a, what a amazing grace of God we have here. You know, it says there that, uh, that the Jews, they were a special chosen people by God. But we as Gentiles, it says, Paul says in Romans chapter 1, that we were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and we were excluded from the promises that God had made to the Israelites we were excluded from those promises. They were not for us. Now Paul says that we were without hope, without God in this world. Totally hopeless situation. Without hope, without God in this world. That's who the Gentiles were. But the Jews, they were God's chosen people and so the gospel came to them first, but they rejected it. In Romans 1, verse 16, I think we all are very familiar with that passage where Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for all those that believe. To the Jews first, and then also to the Greeks. So to the Jews first. In John four twenty-two, where Jesus talks to this uh, Woman by the well, there, and then he, again he says, "Salvation is of the Jews," or in other words, salvation comes from the Jews. And so they uh, rejected the grace of God. They rejected the gospel, and so it tells us they did not find the they did not obtain the righteousness of God. Why not? If you go back a bit, uh, Romans 9, verse 31, it says, but that Israel who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching that law. So they did not obtain what they were looking for. They were looking for God, for the righteousness of God, but it says they did not find it. And then verse 32, it says, why not? Why did they not obtain the righteousness of God? because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if it were based on works. And it says, they have stumbled over the stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I am lying in Zion, a stone of stumbling block, and a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So this rock, this cornerstone, was Jesus himself, and it was a stumbling block, to them, to the Jews. They refused to accept him as their Messiah. How sad. God coming to his people, and they rejected him. And this was a huge burden to Paul. Paul had a burden. Paul was very... It was very heavy on his heart, especially for his own uh, people because uh, Paul was a Jew. In uh, Romans 1 verse 9 through 4, we read there, this is Paul speaking here and he says, I am speaking the truth in Christ, I am not lying. So he wants to make it clear, I am speaking the truth, I am not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and uneasy easing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from the from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen according to the flesh. You know Paul goes as far as, as to say that he was willing to lose his own salvation if that would save some of his own brothers, the Jews. That's as far as Paul went. That's how great of a burden Paul had for his own people. Then he says, To them belong the patriarchs, and from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ, who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. So it belonged to them. They were supposed to take the gospel to the Jews, but they would reject it. Paul had a great burden and I wonder sometimes for those of us who know the truth who know the gospel who have been saved uh, do we have a burden especially for our own people like Paul did and this is not just a light burden he went as far as to say that he was willing to lose his own salvation if only that would save some of his uh, brothers. You know, we have the gospel. Just like the Israelites did not obtain the righteousness of God, and so it's the same today. We, know, we all know people that rely on good works. As the Israelites died, they relied on good works, but they did not find the righteousness of God. And so today, um, we know people that rely on good works They have this mentality that their good works will outweigh their bad deeds and then God will accept them. And those of us who know the truth, the gospel, we know that salvation is through faith, by the grace of God, through faith. And do we have a burden for those that seek salvation through works in us, knowing that they will not get it? In other words, knowing Those that want to be saved by their good works will not be saved. Actually, they will end up in hell. And, you know, this is not a light thing to say for me. Uh, They will go to hell, but that's actually what the Word of God says. Oftentimes we hesitate to tell them because it seems too, um, too harsh to tell them, hey, if you rely on good works, and I'm not saying that good works are bad. They are necessary, but they will never save us. Just like the Israelites did not obtain the righteousness of God because they sought it as if it were uh, by works, so today no one will be saved by doing good works. And so we know that. And we still hesitate to tell people hey, it, you won't be saved by good works. If you rely, you rely on good works, you will end. Up in hell, not because I say it, but because that's what God's word says. And I just wonder uh, do we have a burden like Paul uh, did for his own people? And then Romans uh, chapter 10, verse uh, 1 through 3, again, uh, Paul says, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. See, this was Paul's greatest desire for his people that they would be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God but not according to knowledge. Do you know people that have a zeal for God that sincerely want to be saved? That's their heart's desire when they die that they will be in heaven. We all know people they have this zeal for God but Paul says here the the Jews did too, but not according to knowledge. You know today we know people, they have the zeal, they want to be saved, they want to be in heaven with God for all eternity, but they do not understand they have not they do not have the knowledge that it is by grace and not of works, as Romans uh, uh, Ephesians two: eight and nine says that it's by grace through faith that we are saved and not by works, lest any should boast. they have the zeal, but they they don't have the understanding that it is by grace and not by works. Then he says, for being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God, God's righteousness. You know, being brought up like that, with that mentality that by good works, God will accept us if we do our best we will likely make it. And if we do not submit to God's righteousness, then we will not obtain it because it's their own way. They have their own way how they want to be saved. But now, we go back to verse 19, Romans 10. But I ask, did Israel not understand? First Moses says, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. You know, here we end up that the Jews rejected the gospel. And so God rejected them. It was not that they hadn't didn't understand, but then God told them, "I will make them, I will reject you and I will bring the gospel to the Gentiles, and I will use the Gentiles to make you jealous." The people that were not a nation, the, the, the Gentiles that were without, without hope and without God in the world, I will use those people to make you jealous and use those people to make you angry. And so that's exactly what we see happening here. But then the question arises has God cast away his people for good? Or all, all the Jews? Or forever? That's where we come into chapter 11, where Paul says, I say then, had God cast away his people, God forbid. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God had not cast away his people, which he foreknew. Know ye not what the scripture saith of I- 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 Elias, How he make an intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed their prophets and dig down their altars, and I am left alone, they seek my life. But what said the the answer of God unto him, I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. So here Paul puts the question then, has God rejected the Israelites for good or all of them? No, he says, by no means. He says, I also am a Jew. I'm also an Israelite. If God would have cast out them altogether, then he would have been lost too. He would have never been, become an apostle. But he did not <clears throat> reject them all. You know, just like Eliah said, and this is a warning uh, of uh, spiritual pride for all of us you know we know the story of uh, Elijah where uh, he had killed all these false uh, prophets and then he got a message from this uh, wicked uh, Jezebel and he, she told him sent him a message saying by tomorrow by this time you will be dead and he took off for his life and then he came to the point and he says God I am left alone They have killed all of your prophets. In other words, he said, there's no prophet left. I am the only prophet. I am the only one that is serving you. I am the only upright person. And this, we can be guilty of this too. Thinking, I am the only one that is right with God. Or we are the only church that is right. If you want to be saved, if you want to be in the right church, you have to come to this church. We can be guilty of this. And there is churches like this that will tell you, that teach that. That if you want to be saved, you have to come to this church or otherwise you will not make it. And that's what Elijah did. He says, I am left alone and they seek to kill me too. But what does God say? He says, No. I have kept for myself 7,000 men that have not bowed the knee to bowl. You know, today there's a lot of Christians, not only Mennonites. You know, us growing up, a lot of us, we had that mentality. I believed it. only the Mennonites were God's people, were the people that had a chance to be saved. All of the rest, the rest of the people, they were people of the world. Just like Elijah did. We can be guilty of this very own thing. I only am left. I am the only one that is right with you, God. God says, no, I have 7,000 prophets that are still faithfully serving me. You know, I truly believe that we were not directly taught this, that we were the only ones and that the rest of the people were people of the world, but that's the impression that we got uh, one time we visited with uh, a friend um, and we talked about different things and then the topic came up with uh, the people of the world and I asked the lady well how do you uh, see that or if I would ask you who are the people of the world where that development mentioned and this is what she told me well in Mexico then at the and he under the Angel See, in Mexico, the Spanish people, they were the people of the world. In Canada, the English people, they are of the world. Only we Mennonites are the people of God. Just like Elijah said, I only am left alone. So, this is a warning of spiritual pride for us today. But God has always kept some people for himself that are faithful uh, to him. We should always be careful and not have this mentality that I only, that I am good or nobody understands me. I've been rejected. You know, there's a lot of people out there that suffer, that face trials. Elijah thought he was the only one and he goes as far as to say, just take my life. Just take me home there's no use it's only me, so what good is it if only one pro- prophet is left in the whole nation of Israel? He says God, just let me die. you know God understands it's not that God cannot understand. we read in Hebrews that we do not have a high priest that cannot feel with our weaknesses, but in everything as we go through Temptation. He has faced every temptation that we can possibly face in this life. Then we read, uh, we read verses five and six. There, even so, then at this present, at this present time, also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is no more of works otherwise grace is no more grace but if it be of works then it is no more grace other works otherwise work is no more work. So God had not rejected all of the Jews only those that rejected the gospel. Those that accepted the grace they were elected they got saved. So did was not that God had rejected all of the Jew but it says here only those that rejected the grace those that accepted the grace they were still saved and he says if it those that sought it by grace and he says if it was by work then grace would no more be grace and if it would be uh, of works then grace would no more be grace And then if we read uh, verse seven to uh, verse tra- uh, ten, what then? Israel had not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election had obtained it, and the rest were blinded according as it is written. God had not given them God had given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear to this day. See so here again. <clears throat> it says that they did not obtain it. They did not find it. Because they were not seeking it by faith. But those. That sought it by faith. They got it. And because of this. It says. God gave them the spirit of slumber. God blinded them to the gospel. And so this is a very uh, sad situation here that God would blind the people. And why did he do that? Because they would not believe, they would not uh, accept the grace of God. And then David said, in verse 9, uh, this is a quotation from, uh, from David, and David said, let their table be, a, be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block, and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened, that they may not see, and bow down their back always. You know, the very thing that should have brought blessings to the Jews, that should have fed their souls, became a snare, became a means to destroy them. Why? Because they rejected it. And even the blessings, all the promises, the blessings that, God had made to them, the very thing became a snare to them. But then when we come to verse 11, it says, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles for, to provoke them to jealously. Now, if the fall of them be the riches of the world, and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. For I speak to you, Gentiles, in inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnified mine office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are of my flesh, and might save some of them. So here Paul comes up with the question uh, because. Why did God reject them? Just to cast them away? He says, by no means. That was not the purpose of God uh, casting them away. But because they rejected the gospel, so the purpose in it was because they rejected it, That was this was a means to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. So the Jews, they are a blessing for us. As we will see later on, that the Jews are our roots. And that's why I entitled it the message Salvation is of the Jews. It says, Have they stumbled that they should fall? Was this the purpose of God, just to cast them away, to throw them into hell? He says, God forbid, but rather, through their fall, salvation has come to the Gentiles. So God has a purpose in everything. And here comes again, all things work out for good. And this was for our good. It was not God's purpose or desire to cast them away, but since they rejected it, then the gospel would come to the Gentiles, to us. And so now he's going to use us as Gentiles to provoke them to jealousy. He wants to use us to make them jealous of what we have, and so that they will desire what we have, the salvation. And again in verse 14, he says, if by any means I may provoke to amelioration Them which are of my flesh and might save some of them. I'm going to read from verse 12 to uh, verse 16. Or beginning of verse 15. <coughs> For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy, and if the root be holy, so are the branches. So here he's speaking again about the Jews. See, they were set apart. And holy means set apart. So the Jews were a special people that were set apart. And so if they were holy, then it's, he says it like this. If the Tao is holy, then the bonds will also be holy, right? Because if you make a, a batch of dough. And if it's set apart, if it's holy, then if you make bonds out of it, then the bonds will also be holy, right? So the Jews, they were set apart, but then the Gentiles, see, we, our roots are the, 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 the Jews. So then if they're holy, then we will also be holy. Because he said if the dough is holy, then the, the branches will also be holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches, and then he continues on to say if some of the branches were broken off and thou be a wild olive tree were grafted in among them and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Boast not against the branch branches but if thou boast thou bearest not the root but the root, root thee. So here we see that because of their unbelief, uh, pitching ourselves an all of three here, and so some of the Jews, they rejected the gospel. And so it says there, while well, those that rejected, he broke off those branches so that we could be grafted in. And the question is here, it says, were they broken off so that we could be grafted in? And so we are grafted in, and so we have nothing to boast of us. Because it's not the branch that bears the root, but the root bears the branches. As Jesus says, I am the vine, and ye are the branches. And Jesus also says that if, uh, the branches do not uh, bear fruit, usually they are cut off, then they are gathered, and then they are thrown into fire. So here Paul gives us another warning of spiritual pride. Like it's salvation is of the Jews and they are our roots you know our blessing comes from them because the gospel came to them and they rejected it in other words like the branches were broken off so that we could be grafted in and I think we all pretty much all understand how that works I know in Mexico we had two apple trees that had two different kind of apples you cut off a branch and take a branch from the other tree and then just uh, slit it up and stick this other branch in and it would bear a different apple. And so the branches were broken off so that other branches could be grafted in. And that's exactly what happened here. Uh, Picturing this olive tree being the Jews, because of their unbelief, those branches were broken off and so then we could be grafted in. And then he says, Boast not against the branches. Because, don't boast about that. How good you are. It is God who has done this. Then verse 19, he says, Thou wilt say then, The branches were broken off, that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off, and thou standest by faith, Be not high-minded. He says, because of their unbelief, they were broken off, and you are grafted in, you stand by faith. It is nothing that you have done. You can't boast of anything. It is by faith that you stand. And then he says, For if God spare not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not thee. See, Paul is saying here, if God did not spare the natural branches, the Jews, which were his chosen people, he said, if he did not spare them because of unbelief, he says, much less will he spare you. If you do not remain in faith. Verse 22 Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell. Severity, but toward thee, goodness if to continue in his goodness. Otherwise, thou also shalt be cut off. So be Receive the grace of God, but if we don't remain in that grace, God will also cut us off, just like He did those uh, Jews. But in the same way that says, even the Jews, if they do not remain in unbelief, God is able to graft them in again. But if we do not remain in this faith and the grace, God will, just like He did not spare the natural branches, He says, much less. Those wild branches he will not spare the wild branches either words uh, 24 and on for if thou were cut out of the olive tree which is wild by nature and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree how much more shall these which be the natural branches be grafted into their own olive tree see if God can graft us in if God can graft a a wild branch into a natural olive tree he says how much easier would it be to graft those natural branches into that olive tree again because they were they are the natural branches we are like uh, wild branches and God could graft us in. He says, "How how much easier would it be to graft those natural branches into the olive tree again?" He says, "For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceit that blindness, in part, is happened to Israel, until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in." See, Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant of this mystery here. He says, God has not cast away the Jews for good. But he says it's only for a certain time. And then he says, until the fullness of Gentiles has come. When, he says about the, when he's speaking about the fullness of time, the fullness of the Gentiles have come in, he's speaking about a specific time, like it says about Jesus that God had promised the the Messiah right right from the beginning, but then we read in the New Testament, when the fullness of time, time came, God sent his Son, the Redeemer. And so here too, when the fullness of time has come, a particular, a certain time, when the last Gentile has come into the kingdom of God, then God will go back to the Israelites, and then he will deal with them, and then he says there in verse 26, And so Israel shall, so all Israel shall be saved. I think this is something very important uh, that we should uh, look at and take it seriously. Because if I look at it, I look at it this way. God's grace came to the Jews, and then it went to the Gentiles, and then it's going to go back to the Jews. There will come a time where grace will, where God will go back and deal with the Jews. But we stand in the day of grace today, but there will come a day where this grace will be taken away again. And why I say that, <clears throat> just, because, just like the Israelites, they, with, they rejected Jesus as their Messiah. The same thing will happen at the end of time uh, when the tribulation comes, when, when the Antichrist will rule. Uh, then the same thing will happen again. And we read of that in Second Thessalonians 2. You know, there's a time, there will come a time where satan will take over he will enter a man and that man will rule the world and then during that time the great tribulation will take place and so we find something that i i think of very often and this is what i'm saying here that the the grace came to the jews and then to the gentiles and then the Grace will go back to the Israelites. God will go back to the Jews and deal with them when the last Gentile has entered the kingdom of God. And here in Second Thessalonians two verse seven, uh, we read about this time when the Antichrist will come and rule, and we're starting in verse seven, it says, "For the mystery of iniquity that already work, only he who know let it will let it." until he be taken out of the way we know that uh, Satan has been at work for all these years but he has not full control yet the day will come where he will take control but there's something that's holding back yet and I believe that's the Holy Spirit that is calling back yet from his full control and that is when his children, God's children, will be taken away from here, that is when the Holy Spirit will be taken away, and then the restraint will have been removed, and then there will be great tribulation, as the Bible says, such as have never been before, and will never be after that. But then in verse 8 it says, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the Spirit of his mouth and shall destroy him with the brightness of his coming even even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and this is the dangerous part he will come with all kinds of powers uh, power, signs and lying wonders but then it says in verse 10, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, you know what he will do? He will deceive those that are not saved. Sometimes I hear people say, uh, when that tribulation comes, then we will turn to God. According to this verse, we will not, if we have not done So, until that time, because it says here, he will deceive those that are lost. Them that perish. Why? Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. See, having this time of grace, having this chance to accept the love of the truth to be saved, and rejecting it, when this time will come, according to this verse here, then Satan will deceive those that are lost. And then something else that verse 11 says, and it says, For this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. God himself. First of all, it says, Satan will deceive those... are lost and then it says God will cause send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie God will cause the people to believe a lie what is left to do if God will cause a person to believe a lie then we are doomed there is no hope there's nothing that we can do and that's what he said what he will do he will cause them to believe lies in all these wonder-working powers that the, the enemy will do. They will actually believe because God will make them to believe those things. Why will God do that? Verse 12 says, Why God will do it? That they might be them who believed not the truth but had pleasure and unrighteousness. I think this is one of the scariest verses in the Bible. God will cause a person to believe a lie so that they will be condemned. And why? Because they did not believe the truth. But then he says, But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, Brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God had from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. God has chosen us from the beginning before he laid the foundation of the world that we should be saved, and this is through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Whereunto he called you by our gospel, this gospel that was first brought to the Jews, they rejected it, now it's brought to us. God has chosen us to, obtain, to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the tradition which ye have been taught, whatever, whether by word or our epistle. Nor our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God, even our Father, which had loved us and had given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word in work. So, here to conclude this, we stand in the grace of Today is the great day of grace, but one of these days, the last Gentile, God is waiting for the last Gentile to come into his kingdom, and once that happens, then God will go back to the Jews, and then he will deal with the Jews, and perhaps God is waiting for you this day. You know, the fact that uh, God hasn't destroyed this world yet or the end hasn't come yet is because of his love. He's waiting. Because he's not willing that any should perish. So he's still waiting for people to come into his kingdom. And so God is waiting. And once the fullness of time has come, then that time of grace is no more. The word of God says that the spirit of God will not always strive with people. You know, God draws people, God talks on people's heart time after time after time, but if they keep rejecting it, then God will leave them. And you know, even if they hear the word of God afterward, it will only harden them, just like the Jews. They became hard as a stone and just gonna read the last verses in Romans 11, there, verse 26 through 36, and so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob, for this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. As according concerning the gospel. They are enemies for your sake, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. See, Paul, he says, uh, concerning the gospel, they were the enemies of God, but according to God, as he had promised to Abraham, he did not break their promise. He says, for their sakes, for your father's sakes, I will still come back and accept you, and I will take sin away from among you. That's what he's saying here. But as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. And even today, any Jew that will believe and accept Jesus as Messiah, God will save him. God will take him in. For the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. For as ye in times past have not believed God, yet have not obtained mercy through their unbelief. Because of their unbelief, the Jews, unbelief of the Jews, we have obtained mercy. We have received that grace. So the very fact that the Jews rejected the gospel was for our benefits, and that's how we got the gospel. And that's why it says the salvation is of the Jews. For God had not concluded them all in unbelief. For God had concluded them all in unbelief. In Romans 3, we find that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none that seeketh God. We cannot boast. God has concluded them all in disobedience. Why? Because that was the only way he could offer us grace. If we were not disobedience, then God could never offer us grace. And so God has concluded all in disobedience and unbelief, and that's why, and then he offers that grace to us. Oh, the depth and the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. You know, there's a lot of things that we cannot understand. We cannot grasp, you know, as Isaiah says, that his ways are not our ways. His ways are much higher than our, our ways, higher than the heavens are above the earth, than our ways. Or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompense unto him. No one has God, given God something and now thinking that God owes him something. We can never do good things in thinking that God owes to give us, to save us. Never. For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. So salvation is of the Jews. You know, God, the Word of God says, I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse those that curse you. It's a very dangerous thing to uh, to put a Jew down. And I know uh, sometimes we as Mennonites, we have this uh, thing, we say, Oh, oh that's more daigid, ara dayid siyid. You know, in a way, it is putting a curse on the Jews. And God says, I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse those that curse you. It's very important that we realize that, that we will not be guilty of cursing a Jew. We may not do it uh, purposely or not think of it, but in a way, if we say those words, we kind of put them down, in a way we do curse them. So let's remember, the Jews are our roots. They bear us. The branch does not bear the root, but the root bears us. So the Jews, we are blessed through the Jews. Salvation has come to us through the Jews. And so let's, as the Bible says, pray for Israel. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We are to bless the Israelites. I just want to mention uh, again, today is the day of grace. You know, God is waiting. Perhaps he's waiting for you today to come into his kingdom. Because one of these days, it will be too late. Today, the Bible says, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I come before you. I thank you for your word, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, for your wisdom, for your knowledge, which are unsearchable, Lord. There's a lot of things that we cannot understand. We have to acknowledge that your ways are not our ways. Your ways are way higher than our ways. And thank you, Lord, for your purpose, for your plan, that you have chosen uh, to save us, and you have chosen how to save us, Lord, and that is the faith through faith, grace through faith, Lord. And Lord, I pray, God, that we would also live in such a way that we would make those that are not saved yet jealous so that they would have a desire to have what we have, Lord. God, I thank you, Lord, that you give us that privilege, Lord. And Lord, your word says that we ought to let our light so shine before men that they will... Glorify when they see it our good works, Lord. And so, Lord, help us. For those of us that have uh, understood the grace and have received the gospel and have been saved, Lord, that we would have the burden that Paul had for our own people, God, knowing that if they rely on good works, that they will not make it into heaven, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would not be afraid or think that we don't want to cause trouble or argument. Lord, I pray that we would be faithful and just speak in the truth, Lord, it is not us, we could never say to anybody that they would be lost unless we use the word and say it as it is, Lord. As we we read from the Israelites that they did not obtain the righteousness of God because they did not seek it by faith. And so, Lord, help us to be faithful and share with those that we know that rely on good works to tell them that it will not do for them unless they accept the gift of salvation and the plan that God has, and it is by faith, in in the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray that we would all be faithful, Lord. And I pray, God, that you would continue uh, to give grace. And I pray even this morning here, Lord, if there's anyone here this morning that ha- does not have the assurance of salvation, Lord, God, I pray that you would continue to knock. I pray, Heavenly Father, that the Spirit would move and remind that you will not always strive with man, But, Lord, today, if they hear or they feel you tugging on their heart, that they would respond and that they would accept the gift of salvation, Lord. Thank you, God, for this morning. Thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. And, Lord, I pray that you would bless us as we go from here and keep us. And, Lord, help us to let the light shine. Help us to uh, share the gospel. Help us to be faithful, Lord as you have commended us, Lord, to go into all the world to preach the gospel. And as the word says, then shall the end come. Lord, help us to be faithful. In Jesus' name, amen.